0: Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth, and you can reach me on the web at NeuwirthLaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com or by phone at 215-259-3687. So a big part of what I do is point out to defendants, defense lawyers, defense experts, juries... Other people, how they're being hypocritical or what they're saying is doesn't make sense. You know, it's, it's hard to call someone a liar a lot of times because they're getting paid or they have other interests. They're not necessarily lying like it's not black and white. They're not telling the truth. But hypocritical is a good way to address someone who's not being forthright and honest. And there was something in the news, to, you know, in the past week or so that <laughs> caught my attention in the uh, Hall of Fame of hypocritical. A lot of times, you know, I try and call out politicians like my buddy, uh, my favorite, Rick Santorum, who's a hard right conservative, this, that, and the other thing, against tort reform, against lawsuits for personal injury. But as soon as his family member gets in trouble or gets into a car accident caused by somebody else. He feels perfectly free to use the tort system, use personal injury lawyers to get money for himself or his family. So that's the traditional place you see true hypocrisy um, is from the Republican politicians. But the other day, there was something on the news (laughs) that I just couldn't get over. I don't know if you've ever heard of gay conversion therapy where, you know, these fundamentalist Christians think that you can... Um, un-gay someone through therapy, I've never met anyone, you know, gay or otherwise, who thinks that's true, and maybe I just live in the wrong part of the world, but uh, the actual, like, head of gay conversion therapy, the king of conversion therapy the other day, came out as gay, as homosexual, amazing. This is the guy who's been like torturing poor people who were born gay and trying to force them to be heterosexual. (laughs) And he himself came out as, as gay the other day. So uh, there's really, you know, no, no place in, in, in hell for that guy. I, I just don't even know where to start. But look, a lot of what I do is calling out people when they are plainly um shading facts in their favor or misrepresenting or doing stuff that just doesn't make sense under oath So how do you do that? well you know the first thing you do is you got to know your case inside and out but the other thing that you know I I do that maybe other lawyers don't I don't know is is ask you know why'd you do this the way you did it like to a defendant, In a car accident or to the city of Philadelphia when they failed to, you know, fill a pothole. Um, You know, I have a new case where a young man with four children died because, you know, it appears that the city of Philadelphia didn't fill its potholes. Everyone knows the city of Philadelphia doesn't fill its potholes very well. So when you put someone from the city under oath to try and explain it, they really don't have a good explanation for it. You know, maybe that street wasn't a priority. Maybe they didn't know about that pothole. But the city is terrible at doing basic infrastructure repair, whether it's for budget reasons or otherwise. I don't know. But there's really no good explanation for not doing your job when you're the streets department of Philadelphia and your job is to make sure the streets are safe. You know, it's just, um, it's, it's one of those things. So if you know roughly what line... The defense is going to take, you got to start asking yourself before the deposition, well, why are they saying this and what's the basis for it? But you also got to say, you know, well, what evidence is there that supports what they're doing? So, you know, why is a really important question. Even if you don't make any headway with the witness, even if the witness isn't going to cave on on you and give you what you want, at the very least in a deposition, you got to ask, well why'd you write that or why'd you say that or or why did it happen that way so you know what they're going to do how does this matter well it matters at trial but it also matters because the defense lawyer sitting next to them and they are a lawyer they do this all the time they will see the ridiculousness of their client's position if the client really can't come up with a good answer and more importantly you know both sides get to feel out how strong their points are. So let me give you an example of, of you know, w- the why situation. I'm taking a deposition. I'm taking a deposition of a woman who, um, you know, hit my client from behind and caused damage to the cars, caused injury to my client pretty simple, pretty straightforward. I'm going to win the case. Just a question of, of proving it and, and sort of getting it put together. But, you know, the important question is, well, <laughs> you know, why'd this happen? What were you doing? And sometimes people will say I was on my phone. Sometimes people will say it was, you know, unexpected, unanticipated. And sometimes, you know, I had a guy the other day who said, I have no idea what happened. You know, in answer to my why question, why this happened. So, <laughs> you know, I have no idea what happened is is kind of like an introduction to Bizarre Land. Like, well, what do you mean you don't have any idea? It's okay to come in here and say, yeah, I hit them from behind, I wasn't paying attention. But to say I have no idea what happened is to sort of... You know try and put up a, a defense that has no merit or no basis what do you mean you don't have any idea you know what happened you weren't looking if you've been looking you would have put your brakes on you wouldn't have hit them well I, I don't know i don't remember okay did you pass out no no i didn't pass out do you have a problem with passing out no So, you know, it gets to the point where, as a lawyer, I try, you know, part of my lot in life is making something sound so ridiculous that nobody's going to believe what this person is saying. So this guy said, you know, I have no idea what happened. Okay. So as the lawyer on the other side, what do I do with that? Well, sir, did you just parachute in from Mars? How'd you end up in the vehicle? Well, I know I was coming home from lunch or coming back to work from lunch. And, you know, you hit someone. Yep. Well, what happened in between? I don't know. Now, it just sounds, to me, and it's going to sound to any juror, like that's ridiculous. The guy is being absurd. And if you can make a witness, particularly the defendant, seem like they're being absurd, that jury's going to be much more inclined to, one, find in your favor, and two, believe that the other guy just is is a lying sack of shit or something like that. So... You know, then you're running away with it. Then their lawyer is going to be telling their insurance company, like, look, this is not going to work out. You better pay this guy. And that's usually how these cases kind of end. You know, it's unpleasant and it's, you know, tough stuff in some of these depositions. But it's mostly driven by the why question. Because I know the facts probably better than they do. So that's enough from uh, Ask Andy today. I hope you have a great uh, day. And that's about it. If you need me, you know where to find me. Have a great day. I hold people accountable.